This is the Christian Life Center podcast. Here at CLC, we are messengers of hope, where we believe in taking God's message of hope everywhere we go to everyone we meet. From wherever you are, be encouraged by this week's message. Hallelujah. Now let the sound of rejoicing begin. We rejoice. The future is good. God has spoken. His word has gone forth. Now look at your neighbor and say, I'm a dangerous woman walking. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm a dangerous man. You know what? Celia believes it. I do believe it. I'm a dangerous person walking. (laughs) I don't leave anything as I find it. As long as I'm examining it and it don't look like God, I'm going to make it look like God. There is power in this place. Oh, thank you, Pastor Charles and the team. Fantastic. I really thank God that I can. When I come here, I, I don't see myself as a guest. I see myself as part of this family. And I'm so, so very excited with what God's doing. I want to thank Pastor Candy and Pastor Tom for allowing me to just uh, step into this space today. And uh, to be frank with you, um, I, I just don't come to speak. I also come to soak in. I come to connect. And I come to say hello to family and say, we're doing okay. How are you doing too? God bless you. This morning, we are going to continue with our heart for the house messages. I'm plugging in. I know you've been doing some great, great series, and i just plugging in um, through Daniel this morning. My message is Daniel maintaining Christian witness in a hostile culture. I can't help it. I was born for war. It's a holy jealousy to see God's kingdom come. It pulsates in me wherever I am, wherever I go. But it's for such a time as this, and I pray that God will. I've been praying for God's fire, God's seal to burn in me more than ever. I want to fall in love with him again. I don't want to walk out of this door and forget this. I, well, you know, I always say this, private practice determines public performance. And it's a shame if all you feel is when you come into this room. You've got to go home and try to create a tabernacle. Just you and me, just me or me. Love on him. Everybody ought to read Song of Solomon. My beloved is mine and I am his. It's time to fall in love. It's the first thing God is doing. It's not miracles. It's drawing our hearts back to him so that we love. You know what? Uh, and part of the covenant says this, that whatever is his is ours. If wholeness and life is his, it's also ours. So we don't have to worry about those things. Our first concern is that our hearts are connected to him. And it's one of the very first things that the enemy wants to take from us. My sub, um, um, my sub t- um, title is only because I couldn't have a long title. So I was trying to appear professional. My subtitle is <laughs> 10 things that those Hebrew boys would like us to know. That's really where I'm going this morning. So we're going to read from Daniel chapter 3 verse 1 to 25, and I guess they're going to put it up for us, so we read together. It's going to be long, but Bible says give attention to reading. That's okay, Um, because I don't trust some of you to read it at home. (laughs) The devil made me say that. (laughs) 
Daniel chapter 3. Shall we go? Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold whose height was 60 cubits and its width 6 cubits. He set it up in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. And King Nebuchadnezzar sent word to gather the satraps, the administrators, the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the judges, the magistrates, and all the officials of the provinces to come to the dedication of the image which King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. So the satraps, the administrators, the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the judges, the magistrates, and all the officials of the provinces gathered together for the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up, and they stood before the image that Nebu had set up. Then the herald cried out, To you it is commanded, O peoples, nations, and languages, that at the time you hear the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, and psaltery, and symphony with all kinds of music, you shall fall down and worship the gold image that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. As I read this, I realized every king loves worship. Don't think it's strange that when we come, we spend a lot of time worship. You see, he has, even this idol has put worship as song and ministry with instruments and song as part of worship. As part of worship. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. So at that time, when all the people heard the sound of the horn, flute, harp, and lyre, and symphony, with all kinds of music, all the people, nations, and languages fell down and worshipped the gold image which King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Therefore, that time, certain Chaldeans came forward and accused the Jews. They spoke and said to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. You, O king, have made a decree that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, and psaltery, in symphony, with all kinds of music, shall fall down and worship the gold image. Let me also say this very quickly. Worship always elicits a response from somebody. Have you noticed how things fall at the sound of worship? I believe things are falling this morning. Some things have bowed down to the presence of the king this morning. And whoever does not fall down, I don't know what I'm doing with this scripture. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. There are certain Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not paid due regard to you. They do not serve your gods or worship the gold image which you have set up. May that be your witness. Then Nebuchadnezzar in rage and fury gave the command to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So they brought these men before the king. He said to them, is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the gold image which I have set up? Now, if you are ready at the time you hear the sound of the horn and you fall down and worship the image which I have made good. But if you do not worship, you shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? I read that and I thought, my God, what an invitation. You want me to introduce my God to you? I will. <laughs> you know, sometimes we shake when the enemy throws a challenge. Who is God? When, when David met Goliath, it was a rough situation because Goliath is a mighty giant. And David is a puppy, as he calls him. Now, it must have been a tough situation. Thank you, sir. Must have been a tough situation going on in David's head. He's come here. He didn't plot this thing. He, he finds himself in this situation until Goliath makes a big mistake. And he says, I come to you in the name of my God. Immediately, David says, I'm comfortable with this situation. Because my God told me in my battle. So let me step aside. And let him take the wheel. <laughs> and that's why the Bible says, uh, the battle is not yours. It is the Lord. As long as they bring in God into the fray, I'm good. 
I'm good. I'm good. I will tell you about my God. No, I love it because God doesn't allow them to tell. He demonstrates. <laughs> we say, God, demonstrate wherever we go. Demonstrate. Show your power. Show your glory. I don't want talk. I want demonstration. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If this is the case, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. He will deliver us from your hand, O king. But even if he doesn't, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury. And the expression on his face, some of you have set people full of fury in this land. <laughs> You've set some workplaces full of fury. <laughs> and the expression on his face changed towards Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He spoke and commanded that they heat the furnace seven times more than it was usually heated. And he commanded certain mighty men of valor who were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the burning fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, their trousers. I like it when the, the scripture is very detailed. So these guys didn't go in naked. They didn't go in with just a little bit of pants. They had the full whack on. So you know that as soon as they step into the fire, it should really catch uh, flame. They were bound in their coats, their trousers, their turbans, and their outer garments, and were cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's command was urgent and the furnace exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Jesus, you are too much. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down, bound into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished, and he rose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said to the king, True. Or as the kids would say, True that. <laughs> Look, he answered, I see four men lose, walking in the midst of the fire. May men look at you and never be able to explain you. Walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. It's about the time the devil began to describe to you who is accompanying you. For the Bible says the host of God encamped around the dwelling of the just. Just because you ain't seeing it doesn't mean that the devil doesn't see it. Then Nebuchadnezzar went near. You see, the Bible doesn't tell us these guys saw the fourth man. But the devil saw the fourth man. Just because you ain't seeing it doesn't mean it doesn't happen. Then when Nebuchadnezzar, okay, it's like the fourth is like the son, the, four, the son of God. We're going to read Daniel chapter 6 very quickly. In fact, I love the reading because it's a sermon all by itself. Daniel 6, 1-5. It pleased Darius. So this is another king, okay? Nebuchadnezzar is a, is, a, is, a, is a Babylonian king. And later on, I will explain to you, now we have a Persian king. Because God allowed the Mede-Persians to conquer the Babylonians. And so all the slaves under the Babylonians now become the slaves of the Persians. And this is a Persian king. His name is Darius. And Daniel actually served four, Babi four administrations, two Babylonian, two uh, Persian. 
At the time when we first read the book, uh, he, he's with Babylon for till he's about 60 years old. And then the rest, this is when he's about 90. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps to be over the whole kingdom. And over these three, th over these three governors of whom Daniel was one, that the satraps might give account to them so that the king would suffer no loss. I love this. I believe that God has given us anointings and called us to places. And may he give us great influences in our city, in our spaces, in our homes, in our townships, in our street so that his he will not suffer any loss to his kingdom then this Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him and the king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm so the governors and satraps sought to find some charge against Daniel concerning the kingdom but they could find no charge or fault because he was faithful nor was there any error or fault found in him then these men said, we shall not find any charge against this Daniel unless we find it against him concerning the law of his God. Can you imagine it? Your life is so perfect. The only thing people can find against you is you love Jesus too much. May that be your testimony. Verse 10 says, now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home. And in his upper room with his windows open towards Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his God, as was his custom since early days. Then these men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. And they went before the king and spoke concerning the king's decree. Have you not signed a decree that every man who petitions any God or man within 30 days except you, O king shall be cast into the den of lions. The king answered and said, The thing is true, according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which does not alter. So they answered and said before the king, That Daniel, who is one of the captains from Judah, does not show due regard for you, O king, or for the decree that you have signed, but makes his petition three times a day. And the king, when he heard these, and we have to be begged to make petition 15 minutes. I know she wasn't speaking to you, only those who didn't come to church today. Because, ladies and gentlemen, if we're seriously going to take our cities for God, the 15 minutes is just a start. It's like turning your car on. It's just an ignition. You ain't stepped on the accelerator yet. You've got to be praying, God, I'm starting with 15. But I want to end the end of November. I want to be doing an hour all over the day. I want to be just a walking prayer machine wherever I am. I just want to be a walking, transforming agent whenever I open my mouth. If you have not because you didn't ask. And if we ask anything according to the will of God, he will do it. And the king, when he heard these words, was greatly displeased with himself and set his heart on Daniel to deliver him. And he labored till the going down of the sun to deliver him, my God. Then these men approached the king and said to the king, Know, O king, that it is the law of the Medes and Persians, that no decree or statute which the king establishes may be changed. So the king gave the command and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. But the king spoke saying, your God whom you serve continually, he will deliver you. Whom you serve continually, your God whom you serve continually, he will deliver you. Then a stone was brought and laid on the mouth of the den and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the signet of his words, of his lords, that the purpose concerning Daniel might not be changed. And I read the final one from verse 21 to 22. Then Daniel said to the king, okay, now I'm going to read from 18, sorry. Now the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting. Can you imagine when your enemy is fasting for you so that you'll be delivered? Strange things happen in this kingdom, people. Strange things. Let me take a pause and, because I don't want you to, this is, 
I love the reading. I love it because most of us, all we remember is the story of Lion's Den and we don't remember the detail that went into it. How many agree with me? It's good to read, isn't it, and revive ourselves. You know, if somebody came to tell you that this guy hates you and he threw you into a lion's den, but he spent the next few days fasting and praying that you'll be delivered, you will say that that never happens. I know I would say, tell that to something else, but that never happens. And this morning I was sitting with Michelle and the Holy Spirit just said to me, he said, that's why 2 Corinthians 5 talks about dismantling every argument that exalts itself against the knowledge of truth. So right now, God, I speak. We dismantle arguments. We dismantle suggestions that come to sabotage and undermine your truth. That sabotage and undermine your faith. That causes us to doubt that you will do this. That doubt causes us to doubt that you will do it through us. That causes us to doubt that we are so important that when we call you answer. That causes us to doubt that we are so valuable that you were already there before the lion got there. Father, we dismantle every argument that takes place silently. We dismantle, has God said. We dismantle, I don't deserve it. We dismantle the question mark. We dismantle the unworthiness today. We dismantle every lie. We expose it and we declare that truth stands. And I want you to practice this. Every time you believe God and a little thing has maybe, perhaps, maybe, oh, well, maybe. And you find yourself trying to make excuses for God. Just say, I dismantle you. What did I say? What did I say? What did I say? Watch this. Paul causes an argument. Because it's going on in your head. So one day you have faith. Another thing happens and then your faith goes down. And then, uh, is anybody with me? You're yo-yoing because the argument is taking place. But I'm winning. I'm on the winning side, the winning side, the winning side. Say I am on the winning side, the winning side. I dismantle every lie. My enemies will fast and pray for my deliverance. Then the king arose very early in the morning and went in haste to the den of lions. And when he came to the den, he cried out with a lamenting voice to Daniel. The king spoke, saying to Daniel, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God whom you serve continually, 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 been able to deliver you from the lions? Then the Dan Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. Chill, chill, chill. My God sent his angels and shut the lion's mouth. King is more worried than I am, and I am the one sitting in front of the lion. Woo! My God sent his angels and shut the lion's mouth so that they have not hurt me. Because I was found innocent before him, not you. May you and I be found innocent. The blood of Jesus makes us innocent. We are justified before him. And also, oh king, I have done no wrong before you. The only thing I did was worship the living God. As a devoted Jew, Daniel knew that there was but one true God, the Lord Jehovah, and that he ruled all things with wisdom and power. The Babylonians changed Daniel's address. They brought him captive from his hometown, Jerusalem, and brought him into Babylon. They changed his name. You know, those boys are not Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were Hananiah, Azariah, and what? Huh? What's the other one's name? I always forget. Mishai? Something like that. One of like an American name, kind of. <laughs> Mishak, that's what it means. Mishak. But I said to myself, 
you may change my title. You may change my name, but you can't get the Jesus out of me, man. You can't just, you may even change my address, but you can't get the Jesus out of me. They changed his address, his name, his education. They tried to change his standards, but they couldn't change his theology. You know that America is trying to change your theology, right? They can discuss it. They want Democrats and Republicans or whatever people to go into power based on our theology. And based on an agenda to change our theology. I don't care. I don't know which party is what. So I'm just, I mentioned the two where I come, if you like, I can say, you know, conservatives and and. and, and Labor, or I can say where, where I come from in Ghana, MPP, whatever it is. Everybody has an agenda to swerve somebody off of God. God was sovereign when he permitted Babylon. Listen, God was sovereign when he permitted Babylon to conquer Judah. It was a plan. Nothing catches God by surprise. He was sovereign in sending Daniel and his friends to Babylon. As he was sovereign in sending Joseph to Egypt. In every aspect of Daniel's life and service, he depended totally on the God of heaven who is sovereign over all things. In fact, the one thing that Daniel says, which is, is the whole thing that holds everything, is Daniel 4, 17b. He says that the most high rules in the kingdom of men. The most high rules in the kingdom of men. You see, we live in a... Sorry. People see God's sovereignty and law as imprisonment and limiting. Whilst in actuality, it brings us true freedom. Psalm 119 verse 45 says, I will walk at liberty, for I seek your precepts. Never ever see God's laws as restrictive. You know what the world doesn't like is, who are you to tell me what to do? That's the real thing that they don't like. They don't mind if you come to God and you can do everything. But the most liberating thing is to walk in God's truth and precepts. It is not a case of kesera, sera, what will be, will be, or fatalism. Otherwise, that would take away choice. Or even the point and power of prayer or intercession, or even asking for divine guidance. God has a plan and purpose for his earth. And he's working out these plans and purposes in his own way. It may not make sense to us, but our ways are not his ways. And his ways are not our ways. Always as you pray, say, God, show me your will for America. Show me your will for Florida. Show me your will for Tamarack. Show me your will for Broward County. Show me so I can pray your will. Remember, I also said, say, I said, intercessors don't have opinions. They don't have personal opinions. Because you might judge something with your eye, but you don't know what God is doing. And the end of a matter is always better than this beginning. And the scripture says the answer of the tongue is of the Lord. In other words, God is the one who says an amen and a yea. He decides the fi- He has the final say. Where I come from in Ghana, we have a song. Jehovah has the final say. You know it? Who has the final say? I say. Now sing it like a good African. Put some rhythm in it. Say who? Hey, has the final say, Jehovah, has the final say, tell me who, 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 has the final say, I say, Jehovah, Jehovah, turn my life. He makes a way. 
Sometimes when you listen to the news, you just got to pause and say, who has the final say? I said, don't allow that argument to undermine the truth in you. We live in a world that is increasingly hostile to Christianity and intolerant of conservatism and anything that is not liberal. Walk culture and council culture is influencing daily thought and living. There is an onslaught on holy and righteous living and a commitment to the living God. We live in an age they call relativism, secularism, and humanism that is increasingly and daily defining public policy, public law, culture, and therefore our lifestyles and our liberty. It has influenced everything from the workplace to our relationships with each other and with God to our identity. We are going to have to make some deliberate choices and live intentionally like the Hebrew boys did. I love a, a, a saying by Abraham Kuyper. He says, when the principles that run against your deepest convictions begin to win the day, then the battle has become your calling. And peace has become sin to you. You must, at the price of dearest peace, lay your convictions bare before friend and enemy with all the fire of your faith. Christians are being persecuted and many are dying in martyrdom. What is a martyr is a person who voluntarily suffers death as the penalty of witnessing to and refusing to renounce their religion. Increasingly, it's taking shape and form of trying to squeeze the Christian faith out of you, out of our schools, out of our workplaces. I just spoke to somebody who works for a global entity. The person is in charge of diversity. Now diversity, she said, I, 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 I took the job because I wanted ethnic minorities like blacks and so on and, 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 and physically challenged people to have a chance in the workplace. Suddenly it's become another agenda. Another agenda. I want to do Black History Month? No. It has to be about this agenda. Slowly by slowly, truth and righteousness is being squeezed out. And if you say no, then you lose your job. But a martyr is a person who sacrifices something of great value and especially life itself for the sake of principle. Paul says, remember those who are in chains. Remember those who are suffering. We have forgotten those who are in chains. I'll come back, I'll come back to them in a second. But this is what moral relativism says. What's true for you is not true for me. Morality is a matter of personal opinion. We can't judge another person's morality. All societies have different moralities. Assertions that there is no morality are an attempt to minimize immoral actions to say it is okay. And you know what? Slowly by slowly, I don't know about here, but we have in England where people, that are, even churches that we looked up to, are now changing their theology to accommodate popular culture. The Lord forbid and the Lord deliver us. The Bible says he who stands, the reason I'm talking about these things is you may think it's obvious, but the Bible says if you think you are standing, be careful lest you slip. Because this thing is coming at us every single day in every which way. If it's not coming to you, it's coming to your children. It's coming everywhere in our schools. I, I'm not so familiar with what happens in the US, but I know in the UK it's bad. So what would Daniel, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, or Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah like us to know? They want us to know about some right attitudes to nurture in a prevailing hostile culture and condition. They want us to know about some right perspectives to have in a prevailing hostile condition. They want us to know some right lifestyles to have in a prevailing hostile condition. 
Number one, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. And don't give up despite the pressures of current culture. Surrender your all so that there's nothing left for the enemy. Let your private world revolve around Jesus. And let him and his affairs be the priorities of your life. These Hebrew boys were thousands of miles from their Jewish home in another nation, but they never left their worship behind. We can and we still love the Lord's song. Some people said, oh, how can we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? See, honey, your problem is this. The land is not making me, I take my Jesus to the land. Wherever I am, I can have my Jesus there. You create your personal tabernacle wherever you are. These guys says we can and still sing the Lord's song in a strange land. The God they had been taught about still remained their God regardless of circumstances and place. The more stranger the land, the more we shall sing the Lord's song. Their commitment, you know, no wonder the Bible says don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together, especially as you see wickedness happening. See, in the last few days you've had an encounter. How many of you feel a fire? You are bolder, you are more confident, you are more free. That's what should happen. The more get into your house groups, get into your home groups, more prayer, get a prayer partner. You know, whether it's 10 minutes, 15 minutes, shut up, go for 15 minutes. I don't know what it means, but I just know when I finish, I feel fired up. Mokori baba, let me touch base with heaven. Nobody touches God and remains the same. I feel an electric fire come from him. By the time I come out of my prayer closet, I can take on anything. It's about time to change your lifestyle. These guys did it together. Their devotion to Jehovah was no fair weather one. Some historians think that these boys, before they were forcibly removed from their hometown, these were not poor boys. All the poor people were left in Jerusalem. I'm thinking, the enemy is such a strategist. He goes for the best. That's what the Bible says. They left all the poor, and they took all the skilled intellectuals, the ones, the good-looking ones, the ones who, who could really bring progress to them. But the, before they were forcibly removed from their hometowns, they grabbed the scrolls that had the writings of the prophets. And took it with them. They had no intention of letting go of God. We don't know where we are going. We've never been that way before. That's why we need to take the one who knows all things. We see Daniel later studying and him influenced by the writings of Jeremiah. Pastor, where did he get the writings of Jeremiah from? He grabbed it and said, I'm taking with you. That's what made a difference. They took on a hold. May God's word take center place in our lives again. So I, I put a question for you and me. If it were you who was being forcibly removed, what items would you grab as you were being taken into exile and you didn't know? I thought of my passport. <laughs> you know why I thought of my passport? The God's word is written here. You may not have occasion to be able to grab the written word, but may the rhema burn alive inside of you. Number two, set your values and principles and ethics in place early. Decide what you will do and what you will not do. Don't wait for temptation to come. It's going to be too late. Let them become the lenses through which you see and do life before contentions or temptations come against you. The values which influenced their decisions and lifestyles were faith-driven. They, they decided, I bet you, when they were being chained and left on, they were saying, we surrender all. We surrender all. I give myself away. To, they already decided. So by the time that the king threatened them and said, you must eat all this pork meat you've never eaten before. Uh, Daniel, the Bible says, Daniel already purposed in his heart. From now on, you make a decision and purpose in your heart what you will and will not do. 
Compromise was not part of their vocabulary, nor did they tolerate it. You see, Satan will always attempt to offer you seductive things to lure you away from the path of righteousness. He will offer you stuff or threaten you. Deal ruthlessly with compromise. Cut it out like a cancer. It only provides temporary relief, but costs too much in the end. Satan tried it with even one. Remember the consequences to them. It was what they saw. It was the food was good to eat. It felt good. It would make them somebody. He even dared to try it with Jesus. This guy has no manners. Listen to how, how do you go to the king of kings and the creator of all things and offer them their own world? But he will try everything. But Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds, every rhema. That's what sustains life. So first things first. Foundations are important. Make intentional decisions and positioning now. You, God will always cause you to find favor with someone who will help you if you stand your ground. God caused Daniel to find favor and goodwill with the chief of the Enoch. We think it's impossible, but you don't know whose heart God has prepared. Daniel said no. And naturally, it feels like, okay, these, are, these people are all afraid of the king. They are there to enforce the king's will. What, where do I get the faith from to say to him, uh, is it okay if you just give us vegetables? I dare you. Where does the faith come from to say, I am telling you, by the end of this period, we are going to look better and healthier than these people. See, the people who know their God shall be strong and do exploits. May God help us to know him right now. So we too can say things. When was the last time you dared somebody and say, just give me a year and see. Just give me two months and see. I will not do this, but I tell you, I will be promoted above everybody else who says it and that. When? But we say, God, work in us. Thank God. God, that the Holy Spirit is still alive in us, uh, working his will. He was at well, he work in us, causing us to will and to do of his good pleasure. But if we want to see a manifestation of lions uh, being shut down, then we must have a manifestation of the fire of God first, uh, burning in us. No temptation has befallen you that is not common to man. But God is faithful who will not let you be tempted beyond what you can endure. In the midst of the temptation, he'll give you an idea. He'll give you a word. He'll make a way of escape for you. You see, all persecution involves a test of loyalty to God. It's very easy to love Jesus in this atmosphere. <laughs> but there will always be a test of loyalty. The ultimate value decision on the outside was pulling them. Their security. If you don't do this, you'll be killed. Security is pushing them. Their safety, their life, their wealth, their family, their friends. Recognition. On the inside, God was also pulling. Devotion, obeisance, glory, trust, hope, fear of God, sacrifice, worship, honor. Choose you this day whom you may serve. You might be mocked or threatened for being a committed follower of Jesus. Not just in word only, but in deed and your lifestyle choices. You might be threatened. You might have to give up some fleshy, pleasurable things. You might be denied jobs. Things are... And also be falsely accused. Now, when they, we, before we go for interviews, they look up our Facebook... Certain nations before, when you apply for a visa, they want to know, ma'am, they want to know what are your social media handles. And some people have been returned because they have not wanted, they've preached against certain agendas. And they say you are a rubble riser and a hate preacher. You think this is a joke? Watch it, it's coming to your door whether you like it or not. So you, the only thing is that you better be prepared for it. Will you stay true to your confession that he is Lord of your life? I know people who have had their social media handles checked before they got the job. And we're told you are not getting the job because you posted this post. 
Number three, this is what the Hebrews boys want to know. Seek an accurate perspective of events unfolding and come to the right conclusion. And the Lord, the Bible says this in Daniel 1-2. And Daniel writes and says, and the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand. How much you know about God? This is uh, 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 Babylonians coming against Jewish people, coming against Jerusalem. Rubbishing Jerusalem, leveling it down, capturing all their, their, their artifacts from their temple and all their gold and all their creme de la creme boys. You know what I'd say? I bind you, devil. In the name of Yeshua Hamashiach. Sounds holier when you say that than Jesus, right? We will quote every other quote. But Daniel says, hang on a minute. I'm not going to pray against something God is doing, even though I may not like it. The Hebrew says, Grow up, mature, have a correct perspective of events that are unfolding and come to the right conclusion. That's why Daniel says and writes, God rules in the affairs of men. God is involved in human history. His methodology may not agree with yours, but he's still involved in it. He's called the desire of the nations. One day all nations will desire their true creator. The heart of monotheism is that God, who is outside of history, is the guarantor of meaning in this world. He's uniquely qualified to give life, history, and the universe meaning. Don't forget that. He created this world for his glory and pleasure. He's working on the nations coming to him in, for their desire again. At the end, I love this. God goes to, if you read the book of Jonah, the last line in Jonah says this. And should I not spare which means be compassionate and have pity on Nineveh, that great city. No, hang on a minute. It's a wicked city. It's an evil city. It's a perverse city. And God calls it great because he created it. God had to chase a whole prophet down the ocean to bring him back because he cared about a perverse nation. Please don't give up on America yet. If God can have mercy on Nineveh, he can have mercy on America. Stop cursing America! I was speaking to an apostolic friend of mine, a prophetic friend. She said she had a, a, a vision of God and he was holding a huge chalice that was about to be poured upon the earth. And he said, yes, God, you're judging your enemies. And God says, no, it's a cup of mercy. We receive your cup of mercy. We receive your cup of mercy. We receive your cup of mercy. God says, shall I not have mercy on Nineveh? It's a great city. The USA is a great nation. It will rise to its glory as an apostolic sending nation again. He says, we're in there more than six score thousand persons. Don't look at your nation in light of your politics. Look at your nation in light of souls. Politics has come to deceive us, divide us, and take the real issues out of our, our line, the line of sight. He says, these are six score thousand persons that cannot descend between right and left and match cattle. Should I not have mercy? Number four, quickly understand prevailing culture. Don't be ignorant, please. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego learned the language of the Chaldeans and knew how to maneuver through them. They did not live in cuckoo land, nor deny the realities of the darkness and evil around them, nor the influence of seductive spirits in their day. They understood the culture and they understood what the will of God is so they could maneuver. So they could maneuver. Don't be ignorant. Know what's going on around you. Know what's going on around you. Number five, establish a good reputation. This is still what 
Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego is telling us, they're giving us a few tips to survive. They said, we've been there, done that. And I remembered Hebrews chapter 11, the cloud of witnesses. They've been there, done that, bought the t-shirt, and they say, let's give you a few tips how to come through this thing as we did. Number five, establish a good reputation. Do not bring God's kingdom into disrepute. Well, remember when we were reading, even their enemies couldn't find anything to bring as a charge against them concerning their character. There are competencies at work. Don't be lazy at work, I beg. You didn't realize that was part of the warfare? They didn't come and say, these guys are difficult. They, their Jesus makes them difficult team players. They are lazy. They didn't say anything. They could not find. They were in the workplace. They went to the supermarket. They drove their cars. Nobody, sir, had anything negative to say. You and I have work to do. Look at your neighbor and say, you really got some work to do. It matters what your neighbor says about you if you put the Jesus label on you. Oh, you don't like that theology. Because the Bible says you are the epistle men read. They can't get to the Bible, but they say if this is what Christianity looks like. You know I'm not talking to you. Only those who didn't show up today. We shall not find any charge against this Daniel unless we find it concerning the law of his God. Even Jesus gives credence and mentions Daniel. The key question is, what are you known for? What do people say about you? Take a minute. What do people really say? What do your workmates say about you? What do your neighbors say about you? Is your yard always the one that's dirty? Kids are the last to get into school. They're yelling, mom. You are laughing, but it's serious. I was challenged when I read this. Because I know if I was Daniel, people would have something to say about me. Can I tell you a secret? Don't tell anybody. Sometimes when people ask me what I do, I'm like, oh, I'm a consultant. Just in case I say I'm a man of God and, they, and then they remember all the things that don't match my title. But I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Are you working on it? I'm working on it. I'm working on it where I'm saying I'm clergy and proud. Isn't that the truth though? And you think... Oh, we're not talking about Jesus. We're talking about men and women who worked at the, they were politicians and, and, and administrators and, and civil servants at the, public servants at the highest order. Nobody could find a charge of gossip, of bribery, of misdemeanors or, or felony charges. Nothing. May that be the testimony of God's true church upon the earth. That's why we are sometimes not bold enough. Because by the time, we don't know, if you've examined yourself, where do I come accusing this person when I've done this myself? Don't bring shame upon your faith, please. Can I say this very quickly? Running out of time. Do you know why God judged David so harshly now? When David did with Bathsheba what he did, it wasn't just the sin of adultery or, or killing her husband. God said, this thing that you have done, my enemies will think I approve of it. Because you are the one who said, I'm a man of worship. You wrote after Psalms. You show up. Oh, that my feet will stand in your gates. Oh, Jesus, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Oh, as the dear pants for you wrote all this kind of stuff. And you behave like this. My enemies think this is what it looks like to be a Christian. He said, so I've got to do something to change their minds that I don't approve of it. That's why the sword and the blood never left his house. 
Because God cares about the kind of reputation you give him. God cares about the kind of reputation we give him. Shine as stars in this dark world, he says. Maintain your godly witness no matter what. Be, number six, be a person of excellence and provide solutions and leadership. In Daniel 2.7, we see Daniel is providing, he's interpreting dreams. Be the one who gets the vision going. Be the positive person at work. Be the one who, when they say there's a problem, you come back three days later with a solution, not the one who joins the memory. I've, I'm sure I've told you this before. You know, I have teachers and doctors and nurses and, and people who I mentor, and they come and they say, oh, they gave us the most difficult cases. I say, if they don't give it to you, who else are they going to give it to? They don't worship a solution God. They don't worship a breakthrough God. They won't worship the only wise God. I do. I don't just worship him. He dwells in me. Man, he sent me here to solve some problems. You better see yourself that God sent you into that space to solve problems. I love this thing about Daniel. He's in, he's in captivity, but he doesn't hate his captors. Stop hating the people that hate you. Come on, get there. Are you hearing? This is Christianity. That's why it's not like any other. We're peculiar people. You think he called you peculiar for nothing. You are strange. You are weird. That's what it is. And we embrace the title, right? Can't help it. I'm strange. Because I live here, but my address is from there. Leadership and influence begins with solving problems. You want the world to listen to us as the church? It's about time when we finish Yikalabobo, we found some answers to community's problems. Nature abhors a vacuum. If you don't occupy positions of influence, others will. Because there are many alternatives around. Many alternatives. Number seven, trust God and be courageous in your faith. We're finishing. Daniel and his cohorts are challenging us to be courageous like them. Don't lose your nerve, I hear Meshach say. Allow the expression of your faith, and don't allow the expression of your faith to be diluted and squeezed out of the public space. And don't be spineless, Daniel says, and ineffective. Spineless. If you're ashamed of Jesus, he'll be ashamed of you. There's coming a time when you're going to say, you got to do what you want to do with me. I ain't denying him. I am still a worshiper. You see, the gospel of the kingdom is a public gospel. Share, some of us are even embarrassed to share the gospel. When was the last time you led somebody to Christ? When? Share, when? Oh, just in case they don't, is the, are you the word? You are just a transporter. He just says share. Allow him, God, to do what he has to do. I pray that the testimonies will come and not be just for healing. I pray that people will come and say, Pastor, man, I don't even know what. I just began to share my testimony. And this woman began to cry and say, can I have your Jesus? May this place abound with testimony upon testimony upon testimony upon testimony. It is a public gospel, not a secret one. Share the gospel, he told Timothy, in season and out of season. Rescue the perishing. Trust is the currency of faith. They trusted God. And God was faithful to them in their trials because they were faithful to him in their trials. He became the fourth man in the fire and the one who shut up the mouth of lions. Your trust results in your faithfulness to God. He will cause many signs and wonders to happen. It gives God opportunity. Our trials gives God opportunity to display his power to an unbelieving world. Listen, he says, these signs shall follow them that believe. Are you a believer? Are you a believer? I didn't hear that. 
Are, are you a believer? Say it, signs will follow me. Amen. 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 Isaiah 43, 1 to 3 says, but now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. You either believe it or you don't believe it. He didn't say you won't pass through the water. He says you are going to pass through the waters. But remember, I am is with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, I'm going to be your fourth man. Because how else will you have a testimony to say? You will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I'm the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I get Egypt for your ransom. Kush and Sheba in your stead. God is capable of coming through in many supernatural ways that reveal his power and authority over all creation. I believe that when the devil sets you up, God said, that was a setup all by me. Woo! I think I see God says, oh, I love it. Go ask Pharaoh. Pharaoh, the Bible says God kept hardening his heart so he would oppress God's people more. Then God sent in the frog and said, just display my power in creation. Then he sent in the lice. Then he sent in the locusts. No sword, not one sword came. Let he who is creator show himself strong. Pharaoh, you think you are creator so you hold people back? You will oppress them? I will show you. Let the one who is creator command nature. I love it, I love it, I love it. And God has not changed. The Red Sea stood there and Egypt, Pharaoh said, be still. Because they are not getting away from me. And God said, be still. I'm going to show them what I can do with my people. I think it's time. We invite heaven. We say, come down. Show us what you can do. Show us what you are capable of. The earth is ready to see a demonstration of the signs that follow believers. He did it by shutting the mouth of lions. He did it by making fire harmless. He did it. Paul went somewhere in the midst of a pagan culture. The snake bit him. And the Bible categorically says, it latched. What snake bites you and doesn't run away? But Satan wanted to demonstrate something. I will latch onto your hand. And God says, I love it when you latch like that. Because I can show you. You hang on as long as you can. But this bloodstream is running with the blood of Jesus. Can't touch this. 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 Woo! Shook it off. And people work to see if that cobra venom would work. He said, you don't know. Before I came here, I'm all cooked up with the blood. No blood can cancel that blood. They'll come against him. They will flee in seven. Because no weapon fashioned against me will prosper. And any tongue that shall rise up against me in judgment, I bring into condemnation. It is my heritage in Christ Jesus. Can't touch this. Listen, I was trying to do a hammer, but I couldn't. I ain't got the moves. Some of you who are old will know, hammer time, hammer time, hammer time. <laughs> Woo! I'm sorry, I'm drunk with something right now. It's burning like a fire inside of me. It's burning like a fire. It's burning like a fire. He's alive and he rules in the affairs of men. Show your power, show your glory through your people, God. I'm tired of being an ordinary Christian. Are you tired of being an ordinary Christian? They had Jesus. They didn't even know him. 
He dwells among them. He lives inside of me. When I walk, I walk. I take Jesus wherever I am. And I'm tired of this sleeping Jesus. He's called alive and living. Amahata. These signs shall follow you. Whenever you're, there's a testimony of Jesus in your mouth, there will be a sign waiting to follow you. He did it by making a man behave like an animal. Nebuchadnezzar became so depressed. He went into psychosis. His hair grew. His nails grew. We saw it with Millionaire. How it is. And he, he, isn't it amazing that your ruler, your president goes crazy. I mean asylum crazy. I mean the man is mad. Let's call it what it was. And they still keep your throne hot for you for when you, are, you recover. Who has seen this thing before? God still rules in the affairs of men. He t the Bible says he takes one from the throne and seats another. Man, let me finish. He did it when he caused the sun, moon, and the stars to fight for Deborah and Barak. He said, sun, moon, and stars, the battle is getting hot. Change your position. Suddenly, rain came. And they won. He can do it again because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Uh, listen, I got two minutes to finish. Number eight, develop godly habits, please, and consistent spiritual disciplines. Can I repeat that? Develop godly habits now and consistent spiritual disciplines. A child was one asked to define habits. She said, a habit is something that you keep doing, sir, and you don't want to stop, but you can't stop. Does that define a habit? I want to stop praying. I want to stop loving. I want to stop studying. I want to stop telling the truth, but I can't stop. What's your habit right now? What are, what are the spiritual disciplines? You know, we all develop the discipline of, of not eating this and not eating that or going to the gym. What kind of spiritual disciplines are you intentional? They don't happen by mistake. They don't happen when you come to church. They're disciplined as an intentional thing you've got to put yourself under. Daniel instinctively goes back to habit when the enemy comes against him. I'm telling you, when things hit you, you will always go back to habit. That's why your habits need to be right. Develop, you know, they will act as a shield against the wiles and weapons of the enemy when you need it most. Daniel and his cohorts had to learn to give the battle to the Lord. Esther demonstrates the same practice. When pressure comes against them, what does she do? She goes to a habit she knows, fasting and prayer. What is your habit? Daniel was a great student of the word. He pursued the will of God through the word. He asked for understanding and wisdom, just like Paul prays for the church, that the eyes of our understanding will be enlightened. Can I say this to you? Daniel cultivated a deeply devotional prayer life. F.B. Mayer says this, the greatest tragedy of life is not an answered prayer, but an offered prayer. Can I say that again? The greatest tragedy of life is not an answered prayer, it is an offered prayer. Praying three times a day, even in the face of imminent threats to his safety, Daniel's prayer life is not one he practices just to survive in difficult times, but one of a desire to abide or dwell in God's presence. They say when you take a sinning man into God's presence, he stops sinning. But when you take a righteous man out of God's presence, he starts sinning. Daniel knew he lived in a, he was like Isaiah. I live with the people of unclean lips. He knew that if I stop living in God's presence, very soon the culture will get to me because culture always has one agenda, is to shape you into conformity. 
It matters where you live. If you live around, among rough people, you find yourself shouting like a fishwife, living rough. You live in a junty. Have you noticed when you go into a poor neighborhood, you see trash all on the floor, you see graffiti because people are inclined that way. When you go into a neighborhood that's posh, even if when they feel like doing graffiti because of where they live, because of their environment, they discipline themselves. When you live in God's presence, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 3.17, we all beholding with unveiled face the glory of God are being transformed into the very image that we see. Daniel was no fool. He says, if I'm going to survive, I have to be full of God. So I'm going to dwell in the secret place of the Most High. It's not just for my, my survival isn't just one of a physical safety. I'm not afraid of the lion. By the way, my boldness comes when I see God in all his fullness. I've seen him and therefore when I see the lion, I see God before I see the lion. You know why I'm saying this, sir? Because he says this. He says that I created the smith and the blower, he says. I created the ones who will create the weapon against you. So what weapon do they form against you that will prosper? First of all, you've got to see the one who created the one who is going to create the weapon that's against you. You see God before you see anything else. Daniel was no fool. He dwelt there because when he was full of God, he could face anything. When he was full of God, he could interpret anything. When he was full of God, he would, could download solutions. If you've made a habit of communing with God when the sun is shining, Bill Panel says, you'll find it much easier to sing in the rain. Let me finish. We live and walk in his presence by choosing to spend quality time with him. It has to do with communion, obeisance, priorities. Make it your priority. What do you do when you wake up in the morning? What do you do when you go to bed? What do you do in your free time? You must desire it. You must receive impressions. The presence gives you access to information and insight into God's counsel. In Revelation 4, he says, come up high, I'll show you things to come. I'm just going to finish with making two points about him being in the presence. Pastor, you know what I thought? He was probably there making intercession for the community. See, I don't think Daniel was just here saying, deliver me from evil. Deliver me. What a boring prayer life. If that's all you pray for, for your own protection, you're of no good. Let me get down there. Get into your business. I'm done. I want to lend my ear to your prayer life. If you know more scriptures that protect you, than you know, hello honey, it's okay. Love you too. Than you know scriptures that speak the counsel of God for you and for your nation. Can I be bold enough to say shame on you? Your protection is God's duty of care. Even if you didn't ask him, it's his duty of care towards you. I think Daniel was there thinking, God, you made every nation for your glory. You want every nation to reflect your glory. Therefore, today I bring these evil Babylonians. You said about Nineveh, they don't know their left from their right. They have just been seduced into this evil culture. So Lord, speak. Father, I bring Nebuchadnezzar before you. Let him see the good that you have done for him. Father, reach his heart. Do something that causes him to acknowledge that you are God. That's why Daniel was not afraid. Because by the time Nebuchadnezzar set this thing up, Daniel said, oh, my prayers just got answered devil, this is a setup. Because at the end of the day, Nebuchadnezzar says, 
makes a rule and says, I know there is only one true God. How does the king get there? Except that somebody spent time interceding. You want to see the wicked people in our communities come to Jesus. Our prisons won't cut it. Our laws won't cut it. We're all fighting for public policy. How about an invasion of the Holy Ghost? How about an invasion of the Holy Ghost? How about an invasion of the Holy Ghost? And it only comes from a lot of neology. It comes with somebody taking a hold of the will of God and drawing heaven down into your space. By the time he's finished, Nebuchadnezzar hasn't got a chance. Every time Daniel would be saying, yes, sir, I think he says at the back of his mind, and you're coming to Jesus, honey, you're coming to, it's only a matter of time. You set up the statue all you like because your days are numbered. I see you in glory. And some of you ought to look at those boys. You're going to look at some grandsons. You're going to look at some nephews. You're going to look at some sons. Every time you see them hanging out in a corner, doing some stuff, sniffing some stuff, you got to say over them, I've been in the presence. Your days are numbered. I've been in the presence. Your days are numbered. I've been in the presence. Your days are numbered. Ah, quit cussing President Biden. I don't care if he's for abortion. The soul is bigger than abortion. I'm going to put him up as a picture and I'm going to speak over him. God's peace. God's joy. May your dreams be invaded by Jesus. May you encounter my Jesus. May you encounter the light. Ah, some of you are to drive around your community and begin to speak life. You've spoken enough death. Speak life. I think that's why Daniel prayed three times a day. I think Daniel got there and said, God, pour that mercy cup in this place. Ladies and gentlemen, as I end here, I want to announce to you, Jehovah still rules in the affairs of men. Listen, listen, before you clap me out, you know the end of the story? Babylon brought Jews into slavery. God manifested and caused Nebuchadnezzar to say that there is only one God, his name is Jehovah. When that period was over, God let the Medes and the Persians come and conquer Jerusalem. God maneuvers history like chess. Right now a nation can be strong, but they ain't met God yet. <laughs> and God caused them to conquer Israel, uh, Jerusalem, um, Nebuchadnezzar, Babylon. They took all the slaves under they're covering. A man rises up called Darius. He tries the same stint. He's the one who throws Daniel in the lion's den. He too comes to the conclusion and makes public law that there is only one God, Jehovah. You see, your trial always makes a way for the nation to come to Jesus. Because they look at your faith and say, they must believe something greater than we are saying. But I have, I'm finishing the story now. Everybody know a man called Cyrus. How is God going to get these people out of prison, out of, out of captivity? Between Isaiah and Jeremiah, hundreds of years, they had written by name that there will be a man called Cyrus raised to bring Israel out of captivity. What chances are that a man and a woman will have a baby? Look at that baby and say, I like the shape of his mango head. Let's call him Cyrus. What are the chances that this baby called Cyrus will grow up and be the one who is king and win the election against all the odds? Because there's an appointment into destiny. He himself says, I am anointed of God. God said, I will hold his right hand 
and I'll cause him to release my people and they will build me a temple. A pagan king paid for the holy temple of worship to be built again in Jerusalem. Ladies and gentlemen, I end by saying, God still rules in the affairs of men. I don't know where he's taking America, but he has plans for America, plans to prosper America, plans to bring us to his heaven. It is godly, wonderful, precious end. Now lift up your voice. We're going to just take two minutes. We're going to pray for our nation right now. We're going to pray for everything. You're going to bless this nation. You're going to say, have your way, God. You're going to say, have your way. Some of you have to pray for the church to realize that all is not lost. We are not weak. We are not spineless. We still, we still have the confession that God is still ruling in the affairs of men. Come on, come on, come on. You were the of it all. You are, you are the Come on. You're called the desire of the nations. Let this nation desire you again. For from you are all things. Come on. And to you are all. We give it back to you. Yes. Lay America you on the altar. The Lay America on the altar of fire. Lay America on the altar of glory. Lay America on the altar of mercy this morning. You're worthy. You're worthy, Jesus. Your future depends on it. Your children's future depend on it. To fall from you are and to you are you deserve the glory. So you are the other, you necessarily mean glory in words glory is the sum total of everything that he is when you say he deserves the glory he said may all things look like you created them may all things come to a perfect place may all things come to the place of beauty of holiness of righteousness of justice just like you created it can we do just one line again and then you're going to go straight into your prayers today you're going to push something today you're going to seek something for america today you're going to ask something for america today you're going to ask and you're going to pray god whatever you do let clc be in the center of action we want to be in the center of action we want to because we are seeking we're pursuing we're like daniel we flung our windows open why did he fling it open? He was sending. He prayed towards the east. The east is where the throne room was. He said, blow from the east. Blow wind. Blow. Blow the, blind, blow the winds of change from the east. And let it cover this earth we call North America. You're worthy of it all.
It was locked up. This morning, something got to come out of this place and reach the streets and reach the streets and reach the streets. That's why it always starts with the presence. It doesn't start with my going out first. It starts in the secret place of the Most High. Upper room, they are there. They have no idea that their worship is touching the nations. Men's hearts are so touched that they begin to pursue Jesus. They take the gospel as far as Rome where none of these people who started it had ever been. Anybody ready to believe that something's going to come out of this room and touch the streets? I totally believe it with every fiber of my being. You can have it if you believe it because it's the will of God. Far from you, far from you are all things. And to you are all things. Because you deserve the glory. Far from you. For from you, for from you are all things, and to you are all things. You deserve the glory. Now open your mouth and begin to make those declarations. Open your mouth and begin to make those declarations. Bring America before, bring your children, bring generations. Halabo, we return to the ancient landmarks. We return to the ancient landmarks as a nation. We return to the ancient landmarks. Matari keke. Our borders have been removed. Our boundaries of righteousness have been removed. But we return to the ancient landmarks. But what will the people do when that is removed? We call this nation back to its beginning. Founded on God. Founded on righteousness. We speak life to its churches. No longer playing church. No longer being a place of gathering, but a place of Holy Ghost transformation and movement. A place of revival, a place of reformation. From this place, let the fire go forth. From your church, let the fire go forth. From your church, let the fire go forth. Let your people burn with zeal. Let your people burn with the zeal of God. Let your people burn with the zeal of God. Let your people burn with the zeal of God. Let your people burn with the fire of God. Let your people be full of wisdom and understanding and knowledge of God. Fill us with boldness and courage for the times such as these. Make your church a praying church again. Make your church a seeking church again. Make your church a worshiping church again. Purge your church, Holy One. Purge your church. Purge your church of the drama. Church your church of celebrities. Church your church of things that don't matter, of greed, of perfection, perversion, of unresolved. Purge your church of people who are parasites. The people will seek the Lord again. Mandarine Keshotoro, Rabababakashayanda, Makataya, blessed are the people whose God is the Lord. 
Blessed is America, whose God is the Lord. Blessed is America, whose God is the Lord. Blessed is America, blessed is America. Now listen to me. Can you indulge me for one minute? I'm going to make an altar call in a second. But right now, listen. America is building more prisons. Building more prisons is not the answer. Shutting down prisons is the answer. And the only way we shut down prison is transformation. My heart breaks for those young men. And can I tell you something, honestly? I can't leave this place without declaring war on drug abuse. I've had it. If you can go to bed without a tear at night, I've had it. What's Candy? Sir, do you think, sir, how, what would it look like? Jesus saw the fig tree. He cursed it and said, you will never blossom again. What would it look like, ma'am, if we began to expose every drug den, dealers, export lines? I mean, this is not for the faint-hearted. I don't know. But I'm not praying for the police yet. Because those little boys, this catch on the streets are victims I want the source if Elijah could call fire to come and consume water I don't know Pastor Charles I don't know what you think but I'm tired of seeing our black boys no amount of law will change that it's the heart the, the church is walking by and many are bound for health, destruction. Many lives that Jesus has gone to the cross for, man. They are going to waste, shooting themselves. And yet on every one of those streets is a church. Whatever happened to the light entered the darkness. And the darkness was unable to comprehend it. I don't know. But I know a God whose heart is breaking over the things that are happening. I want some people who say, today, God, something must happen. Come to the front right now. Today, God, we may not have the clever words. You want to pray some change. You want to break some habits of, of drug addicts. You want to attack the source. I want you. I'm talking to the church. I want some people who are not attending church. Who want to be the church? Pastor, can you please come up? Sir, come up. Come on. I'm talking to you. Somebody who says, I want to make intercession for some things to change. I've had enough of drug dealing. I've had enough of meth addiction. We are bringing them before the mercy seat today. Because if we don't, who? I want to be the church. They feared the church. The anointing will break the yoke and remove burdens we talk about anointing it's about time we lift the anointing I'm still waiting for you to come let every other name fade away let all the other because you know Pastor Candy, after we've had revival revival is not self-serving revival awakes us away. 
to be effective. After revival comes reformation. After, re after revival comes transformation. After transformation, it ends with reformation. Things are never the same. But revival always starts. If we don't do that, the people will lay down here. And when Jesus caused his people to see the transformation, they saw Elijah, they saw uh, Moses, and they saw Jesus. And they said, let's build an altar. He said, that's what, what the church is about. Go out because there's a public waiting for the witness of what you just saw and experienced. Are you ready for some warfare? Are you ready for some change? I know we've prayed for you. This morning we had ministry to ourselves. Now let's have ministry for the outside world. I don't want you to sing a song. I want you to make a declaration. Message your song. Message your song to every drug den, to ever, every mother who is crying over a dead son, over a dead child, over a dead. Message it to our prisons this morning. We want to bring change. We want to bring life. All the other names fade away. Let all the other, let all the other names fade away. Until there's just lip service it comes from here so yeah I'm gonna have you pray but I want you to be in agreement there's power in agreement we have to understand that your brothers and sisters that are on the side of you we are the family of God she's called you out she said this is who we are now let's pray I want you to lift your voices I want you to allow I know we've been praying but I want us to do it in agreement with one another so that that is declared out that you're going to be able to pray in agreement with her right now in the name of Jesus there you are Amen. I'm gonna pray the end do you know why I'm going to humbly, do you know why I want you to pray? And I was going to ask my brother to come up. Ezekiel was in Babylon when he prophesied that God was looking for men to stand in a gap. And Ezekiel says this. He says, I'm looking for a man among them. Because you have authority because it's your land. I don't have that authority. That's true. I can come and help. I came this morning as a midwife. I came to help birth something, but I don't have the authority. But you who live here. No matter what my anointing is like, you have more authority. Ezekiel says, he's also a Jew, but he's not allowed to do it. It's true. He said, God said, I'm looking for one of them who are still living in that place. 
And if they will stand in the gap and pray, I will heal their land. How many believe that he's going to do it? He's going to do it. Lord, we choose to believe this morning. Say, Lord, we choose to believe. We choose to believe. Yes, America will not be great. America returns to the glory of God. It returns to the glory of God. It returns to the glory of God. It reflects the glory of God. Jesus Christ is the desire of America again. Jesus Christ is the desire of America again this morning. Lift your hands to heaven, saints. As pastor said, it's the, the living water that the Lord said, would de he declared would flow from our belly. So right now, I, I need you to go deep. Lord, right now, in the name of Jesus, we come, we come in that name that is above every name. We come in that banner that is stretched over this entire planet. And Father, we come right now with a decree that Lord, you will usurp, you will Root up, you will pluck out, oh God, all of the wickedness in high places that is happening, Lord God, from, from the presidency to the Congress to those that in the Senate, Lord God, all the legislation. Father, we decree right now in the name of Jesus that, Lord, you will unmask that which is a lie. You will remove the veil from the people, God, and they will see the error. They will see the, the crafty, cunning ways of the enemy, and he will be exposed, Lord God. And Father, we pray right now in the name of Jesus, and we decree that your people, that by the power of your spirit, Jesus, as we step, as God, as we step into our calling, as we step into those places of authority, Dear God, as we step into the, the destiny that you have called every son and daughter as a child of God, as we step in there and we begin to prophesy and say this nation will turn to the living God, we decree return! it, this nation return! of America return! will return, return to the power of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. That Lord right now, we take the authority in Jesus' name to tear down all authority that has exalted itself above the knowledge of Jesus Christ. We say to it, cease, desist, come down, come down. In the name of Jesus, come down. Father, we ask that you will use your spirit right now to break chains, to heal hearts, to truly set captives free, that Lord, we will see everyone that is called by your name to walk in that authority, that God, you will use, say it, God, you will use me. Here I am, Lord God, you will use me. God, as an ambassador, as a healer, as a deliverer, God, as an intercessor, as a messenger of hope, dear God, that my life is on display, that, Lord, I will walk in it. I will take the power that you have given to me in your name. I will take the Holy Spirit everywhere I go to everyone I meet in my workplace, in my home, in my community, in the highways, in the byways. God, I refuse to yeah. see wickedness yeah. prevail yeah. in the land of the living. We shall see. We shall That's see it. Light, we shall see the name of Jesus to be prayer to be restored in the school system. The prison doors to be flown wide open.
that Jesus, in these last days, those that are called by your name, that they will rise up. And that, Father, we and the counsel of the godly, we will stand as a witness and we will point it to you, the Lord God Almighty. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, God, that you are being lifted. You told us, God, it's, it's, it's not just the preacher, it's not the pastor, God, it's me. It's my life, it's my light. Let it shine, let my life count. Let it shine, let my life count. Hallelujah. I'm willing to go where you lead me, Lord. I'm willing to go where the darkness is, Lord. I'm willing to go where the darkness is, Lord. I'm willing to shine as a bright star in the darkness. I'm willing to shine as a bright star in the darkness. Say, God, I'm willing. I'm willing. Lord, I'm willing. I'm willing. Lord, I'm willing. Lord, I'm willing. I want to hear you say, Lord, I'm willing. Holy Ghost, let us run again. Let whatever beats in your heart beat in mine, Lord. Let whatever beats in your heart beat in mine, Lord. I'm willing. Lord, I'm willing. Breathe on me again. My song has been burned like a fire in me, Lord. Somebody want to sing. Burn like a fire in me. Burn like a fire in me. Let everything that must be consumed. Let everything that must be consumed. Wherever I go, be consumed. Hallowed be your name in this place. Let this be an upper room, God. Let this be an upper room, God. We trust you, Holy Spirit. You told us if we could only ask. But God, our heart is breaking over numerous lives that have been broken. You came to set the captives free. We declare the captives set free. Let our cities know the glory of God. You will become the desire of America again. The desire of our children. The desire of our schools. Our educational systems. The desire of corporate America again. political America let every other name every false God fade away fade away fade away I want to pronounce a blessing over you I'm borrowing it from the song I speak Jesus I just want to speak the name of Jesus over every heart and mind gathered in this place I want to speak the name of Jesus over every heart and mind in this great continent we call the Americas because I know there's shalom within your presence we embrace your shaloms and Lord we don't want to just have an exciting time let this presence follow us in our rooms let every home become a tabernacle and a temple for you let's wake up in the morning I just came from Orlando where a seven-year-old has been bugging his mom mom I want revival what does he know about revival but out of the mouth of babes and sucklings. 
If the elders won't do it, he's putting it in the hearts of children who don't even know what they're asking for. We say to Asha, the Lord will answer your prayer. There will be revival in his church. I speak Jesus till every dark addiction starts to break in our communities and in our, even in the church. Declaring there is hope and there is freedom, I speak Jesus. Because your name is power. Your name is healing. Your name is life. We have forgotten as a church, but we say we want to see the power of your name again. We want to see healings abound. We want to see the life, the pure Zoe life of God be the place where we live and come from and do life from. So break every stronghold, Lord. Shine through the shadows and burn like a fire. I just want to speak the name of Jesus over every fear and all anxiety right now. We shut down the trap doors of fear. We shut down the trap doors. We shut down for where there is fear, there will be every manner of evil work. We shut down the trap doors of fear and we declare we choose to believe. We choose to trust Jesus. To every soul held captive by depression and mental health disease, we speak liberty. That is in the name of Jesus. Because your name is power. Your name is healing. So today we ask God that you break every stronghold. We just want to speak the name of Jesus over every heart and mind. So Father in CLC today, we build an altar. And listen people, as we finish, I think it was Leviticus 25, said the fire must never start burning in the altar. So Father, when we walk out of here, we understand the trappings of life. You told us about the thorns that will choke what you have begun. The pressures of life that will detract us, God. We don't mean to be liars. So deliver us from evil. Somebody say, deliver me from evil. Deliver us from evil. Sustain what you've begun. Let the fire become a furnace. Let it become a roaring fire that affects others. You've begun a good work. Surprise us every Sunday when we walk in here. Let it not be fire that others introduce before we come here. Let the Spirit of God be waiting for us. Let it be a rendezvous with God in this place. Let it be a, when people walk out of here on a Wednesday night, on a Friday night, on a Sunday morning, they know they have an appointment with Jesus, not with the preacher. We don't want to use encounter as a verb. We want to use it as an adjective. That which describes where we've been. So have your way, Lord. To everything you have said and your people have said today, we cry amen. Let the people shout amen, 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 amen. 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 There used to be an old, old song. And Pastor Charles may be too young, but some of the older people, know. let the church say amen. Let the church Say amen. I'm a Baptist boy. Come on. Come on. Let, Let the, the church, church say amen. God, God has spoken. Come on. So let, Let the, the church say amen. And by the way, amen. amen just means 
God's way of spoken it and no other way. Come on, let, let the, the church, church let the church say amen. Let the church, let the church say amen. God has spoken, God has spoken. So If this ministry is making an impact in your life, why not help us make an impact on the lives of others by partnering with us today? You can give through our CLC app or at clcftl.org forward slash give. Thank you for listening and remember to subscribe for more inspiring messages like this. Now go and be messengers of hope.